welcome to Street Level Theology. I'm Gabriel Medina. And I'm Eric Cobb. In this podcast, we talk about topics through a biblical lens to help us live the life God calls us to live. We hope and pray that this podcast will encourage you in your obedience to God for His glory. Eric, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling like you... talking about emotions. Yeah, let's do it. So, in our culture, a big thing to kind of do, even in media, is the ideology of follow your heart. Mm-hmm. It's all about do what you think is best. Don't mm-hmm. worry at all about what someone else says you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Disney movies where the parents are telling their kids to do something, but it's all about the kid finding their way, their journey, yeah. and finding what their heart tells them to do. Yep. And I, I just thought it'd be helpful to talk about that today specifically. Like what's the, what's the problem with that thought mm-hmm. and ideology? And do you think also that's been creeping into the church and how us as Christians think? So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a huge issue. I think it's a huge value in our culture to follow your heart, follow your by what they think they mean by that is follow your emotions. Follow what you want to yeah. do, whatever desires happen to be in your heart are good and right, and you ought to follow them and no one should stop you from doing what you want to do, what your desires are. And um part of that too is that whole idea of like living authentically, you know. The authentic person is the one who follows their inner desires. And, um, and I, I think it's a, I think it's a huge problem because we, we can't necessarily trust our emotions and uh, we can't necessarily trust our heart's desires. Think about Jeremiah, you know, the heart is deceitful above all else who can know it. And though as Christians, our hearts are being changed by the Holy spirit over time to where they're becoming less deceitfully wicked, <laughs> but still we ought to, you know, question the desires that we have. Yeah. That passage is Jeremiah 17, nine, right? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Mm. Yeah. I was um, right before this. I, all I did is just typed in follow your heart quotes Mm, and I wanted to see what would come up. And it was, I don't know, 20 positive quotes to help you follow your heart. And you should post those on your social media. You don't have (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i'll just, just read a, a couple word document <laughs> i'll read a couple because i think they're helpful to understand what people have and i think it's easy to laugh at these things because mm-hmm. we don't agree with them mm-hmm. but they actually people do believe them yes people do agree with them mm-hmm. and people do try to follow them and right. i think they're very dangerous mm-hmm. you know this lady you know was going through a divorce mm-hmm and her kids were teenagers it was just a rough time Mm -hmm. and she was going to these quotes that we're just talking about do what you want to do don't listen to anybody it was just all about her and i was just scared for her it was Mm -hmm. i don't think those things were helping her they were probably harming her for sure she was going out on dates quickly all those things and so i just wanted to say that because i think we can read these things and go ha 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 but I don't so I'm not allowed can. to laugh. I got you. But okay. you can laugh, but no, also keep that. be serious as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's that's a, a good, that's a good point, Gabe. Is that when we talk about these things, you know, the reason why we're bringing them up is because they are dangerous and, and marriages are ruined through it. And, you know, people's lives are ruined through believing 
untruths, false things. Yeah, we don't want to be condescending as we right. talk about things we disagree with. Yep. But yeah, so make mistakes, take chances, be silly, be imperfect, trust yourself, and follow your heart. See, that was hard not to laugh at, but I know. don't laugh. Don't. <laughs> I know, and I'll admit, like, Ellie and I are constantly joking around about follow your heart. Anytime she hears it, she starts laughing, and, you know, we just talk about how how crazy it is and stuff. And so sometimes when I'll, you know, leave for, for work or whatever, I'll be like, okay, see you later. Follow your heart. And she'll be like, yeah. follow your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What another one says, sometimes you have to follow your heart, no matter the consequences. Yeah. That's real rough. Yeah. Follow your heart. Life is too short to be sidetracked by things everyone else wants you to do. Yeah. So don't take counsel. Don't listen to other people. Don't seek out any godly counsel because they're just going to cause you to be inauthentic to yourself. Yeah. It's what is this type of theology or what is this ideology really proclaiming? Like as we deep dig mm -hmm. deeper into it, what is the problem with it? Why is it bad? Yeah. I think the deepest thing is it's replacing scripture. It's replacing divine revelation with your own form of divine revelation that comes from within. And so you're following something that comes from your own desire. So like a biblical point of view would be, is that we read scripture, our mind understands and interprets and applies it to our lives. Our emotions are trained to follow that. And then our actions, you know, are both the function of our mind and emotions, right? Yeah. And then the worldly way is my emotions tell me what to do. My mind, if I'm a you know, if I'm a, a Christian, my mind would try and justify how scripture might fit this and twist scripture. And then, you know, I basically do what I already wanted to do, even though it's, it's, it's unscriptural. And so that's kind of how it creeps into the church is, I mean, we're products of our culture too. And as much as we'll laugh about these things, we, we find them plausible on some level, you know, because yeah. we do do them. We do have feelings try and figure out how that could possibly fit with what we know to be true scripturally and just try to kind of cram that <laughs> to fit. And, yeah. and we do it all the time, trying to justify our actions, justify ourselves. So, but that's the, the priority should be scripture, mind, emotion, action, instead of emotion leading. It just shouldn't drive. I mean, emotions are important They're They're actually key to obedience. When we think of like, God says, Psalm 102 says serve the lord with gladness that the emotional part's important we're to serve yeah. them with gladness so not just actions in mind but emotions but they're not to lead yeah we're not saying that emotions are bad no emotions inherently are good because they're god given they're created yep. by god yep for god for our joy you know and mm -hmm. they're man they're amazing like yeah to feel yeah. even grief over something is a good thing you know mm -hmm. all those things are good but yeah, I think to boil it down even on a more stark contrast is that if we live into this ideology, we are making ourselves God. Right. Because where did the divine revelation come yeah. from? Inside you. Yeah, we <laughs> yes. so it's yeah, not following scripture, but on a more more blunt way to say it is yep. you are making yourself God, the sovereign. Exactly. And like you saying how we obviously do believe it sometimes because this we're such an individualistic culture. Mm -hmm. This ideology can only work in an individualistic culture mm -hmm. because it's not going to work in a family oriented culture no. because it's about the family. Mm -hmm. 
And we're, I mean, me and you are tainted by our society of individualism. Absolutely. So there's probably a lot of things that we do that we don't even know, you know, mm-hmm. that might follow along. Oh, yeah. Lines. Yeah. If we met somebody from 300 years ago that was yeah. church going Christian people like we are from 300 years ago, yeah, they would marvel at how strange we are. Yeah. I am sure that we have absorbed all kinds of, and some of it is probably good. And some of it's bad. Every culture is that way, right? We have things we can affirm. You yeah. know, in some ways, individualism is a good thing. You know, the, the value and care for individual people and not just treat society as a collective and run over the individual. I mean, that's a good thing. You know, a lot of good things come from individual human rights. Those are good things. But yeah. then there's a, yeah, there's a sense in which we, we believe ourselves to be our own creators, the own formers of our own identity and the source of what's good and right. And that's yeah. making yourself out to be God. And so what, how have you seen these types of ideologies play out and maybe some counseling issues? Yeah. I mean, the, the hardest thing is in marriage situations where you have a person that's like, you know, I think that the Lord's, you know, leading me to go ahead and in my marriage you know, I, I really have a piece about that God's saying it's okay, you know, and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, to divorce. And, um, and, you know, there are biblical grounds for divorce, but by and large, these are not those, you know? And so, you know, person's not happy and they legit have a difficult marriage. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, And they believe that God is giving them peace or a leading to go ahead and get divorced. And, you know, you point to scripture and you go, okay, well, where are the biblical grounds for what you want to do? And they're like, well, you know, the Bible doesn't say it, but you know, like kind of like God and I have a special connection (laughs) where he tells me that I can do things and they're following their emotions. And, and, you know, I, it's heartbreaking to have a person that needs to stay in a marriage that's really difficult and hard. And, you know, in a lot of ways, just nothing you'd want marriage to be, but when there aren't scriptural grounds for it, we can't let our emotions lead us to, to do our own thing. And, you know, you had that whole quote about that, uh, you know, follow, follow your heart and don't let anybody stop you or don't let anybody talk you out of it. And that's what happens is you surround yourself with people that agree with you and anybody that, you know, wants to point you to scripture and tell you that what you're doing is sinful clearly by scripture is toxic negative person you need to get out of your life because they're holding you back you know and it becomes the spiral so that's where i see it big time and that's the thing i'm like the most concerned about these things for is stuff like that is the relationship stuff because when you have a person that's following their own inner desires basically sees themselves as as their own god and you put multiple people into relationship that believe that that they're god you got a mess yeah you know so well and even the christian like that christian that you're talking about and i've ran into those people too might not think they're acting like god because they're thinking they're they're getting that communication Mm -hmm. from god through their emotions yeah and yeah even though scripture doesn't line up with it they're going no god works through my emotions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's probably because of the culture of you know Mm -hmm. follow your heart your heart is inherently good you have Mm -hmm. something within yourself that is good you just need to be able to tap into it and listen to it and obey it don't let those other people get you down Mm -hmm. 
there was one time I was studying for a sermon. This might be a little sidetracked, but we can get back. That's on okay. Later. <laughs> yeah. I was preparing for the sermon on adultery and I was listening to, it was during the whole scandal with like Ashley Madison, you know, where mm-hmm. they got those leaks and listening to this, the owner, the founder do a Ted talk. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how adultery is good to actually help people's marriages the reason why people have a hard time in committing adultery and feeling guilty about it is just because we have basically brainwashing conditioned people to see that it's bad. What hmm. we need to do is help people to see that it's good and it's actually mm-hmm. going to help their marriage. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that, you know, just like, wow, that's what you do see though in media. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see somebody get married or engaged, but then they find the person they love. Mm. And they leave everything they had Mm -hmm. and they break all these paths, all these relationships to get what they want. Mm -hmm. And the movie makes it beautiful and great and have a happy ending. But it's like, show the stories of all those other people. Yeah. And I was just like connecting it with that guy. It's like that guy can only, that Ashley Madison guy can only make people believe that if they're also being indoctrinated by all these other outlets that we mm-hmm. just allow our minds to just be flooded with constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention about what you just said about the whole Hollywood story of these people get married and then their true person shows up. Right. Yeah. Um, Christians can even start to think that way where they say, you know, like, Oh, I don't know if this is really the person God had for me. You know, I got married young. I wasn't, I didn't really seek the Lord. You know, if I would have sought the Lord, maybe I would have found the right person. And now this is my true person God has for me. And of course, that's insanity because we believe in the sovereignty of God. And so the person God would have you marry is the one you did. And it's clearly his will for you to stay with that person. And to have that kind of Hollywood view that there's some perfect person out there and then kind of baptize it in Christian terminology that like God had that perfect spouse for me and here it is and god would of course want me to and it's like all the time you have god's word saying be faithful to the to the person you married and that god will bless you in that so yeah yeah it is it is scary i see it with a lot of people that date too Mm -hmm. is their judgment so clouded with everything it's like they know scripture says this but it's so contradictory to their experience and what Mm -hmm. they're going through. They feel like the only, the only thing they can listen to is their emotions. They Mm -hmm. go, yeah, but Mm -hmm. you know, Christians dating a non-believer and you Mm -hmm. tell them how that's unwise and they go, well, you know, and Mm -hmm. they might become very vague, right? Like God's word is very vague when you're thinking that way. You're not having like a rich, detailed, clear, life-giving connection to God's word when you're thinking that way, right? You're thinking mm-hmm. all the other voices are louder. And that's why it's so important for us to just have, to continually be feeding on God's word in a way that's like life-giving and exciting and applies. And, you know, like the, the word is alive. And the more we distance ourselves from God's word, the more we'll listen to those other voices, no matter how little they line up. Yeah. And I think we also need to, do a better job in knowing our weaknesses and set mm-hmm. it, 
set up boundaries where we tell ourselves like, no, I'm going to listen to this person mm-hmm. and get some people that we trust to listen to their thoughts over mm-hmm. ours, no matter yeah. what we tell ourselves. Like uh, I'm going to totally am blanking on the name, but what's that story where the guy's like, tie me up and. Oh, uh, is it Odysseus? Yeah. Odysseus. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, like, the siren song. Yeah. Don't yeah. let me go. Don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> I think we need to act like that sometimes, mm-hmm. but instead our culture tells, no, you are the one you need to listen to. Mm. And so I think we, the way to kind of maybe battle that is get some good friends mm-hmm. that sometimes disagree with you Yep. that are out for your good mm-hmm. and know God's word. Mm-hmm. And when your judgment is cloudy, ask them on certain things in areas that you're weak yep. and see what they say and seek to follow them. Mm-hmm. Even if it's totally contradictory to what you're thinking and feeling, get out of your feelings. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yeah, I was I was uh, thinking of this verse. I need to find my Bible, but Proverbs twenty nine eleven. It says, "A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back." It's good. It's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, fool gives full vent to his spirit but a wise man quietly holds it back Mm -hmm. and i was thinking about you know just the topic of emotions even myself when i'm giving into my emotions it's crazy when your emotions are being flooded and you're being attacked by anxiety anger sadness grief all these things Mm -hmm. it's like your world is just being crushed and as we give full vent to it it's usually not helpful to us Mm -hmm. yet we do it so often. It's like, we want to do it. Yeah. You know, so how do we, how do we become a wise man that doesn't give full vent to our emotions, but is able to hold ourselves together? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one thing that we, we have to do is we have to actually question how we feel, you know, reminds me of the Psalms when he says, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. You know, and he asks himself like, okay, you're sad. Why? You know, and really question because emotions are actually a great indicator of the condition of our hearts, right? Jesus said, like, out of the heart spring things like murder and adultery and all these things, right? That our emotions are a great indicator. They should be listened to in the sense of like, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder why I'm feeling that way. And really dig into what the reasons are. I think that would be one thing is that our emotions can be great symptoms of, of whatever we value most. You know, and then taking our emotions to the Lord is huge, right? So, you know, in that psalm, it's like, why are you downcast, O my soul? Hope in God. You will again praise him. And so he takes his emotions to the Lord. And that's why one of the reasons I love the Psalms is the Psalms are like every emotion is in the book of Psalms. Murderous anger is in the Psalms, you know. <laughs> um, super dark depressions in the Psalms. Happiness is in the Psalms, you know. All these things are in the Psalms. And the Psalms are a great on ramp to get our emotions where they should be because most of the Psalms start with something where you might feel, okay, yeah, that's where I am. And usually they lead the person to, to put their hope in God. You know, there's kind of this on-ramping effect. There's an exception. I mean, Psalm, I think it was 88 ends with like darkness is my only friend and it ends there. I love that one. It just kind of ends right in the dark lights go out. It's over (laughs) because sometimes that's how it is. 
but I just love the book of Psalms. And I, I would just say like, get acquainted with that flip through until you find one. If you don't know the book very well yet, just flip through it and you're going to find something of where you're at and let the, let the scriptures lead you to the place where you're, you know, like when there's anger, that, that anger is being brought to the Lord and it's being purified. And maybe there's something that really the person should be angry about, but they have a godly response, you know, Yeah. you know, with sadness, it doesn't say knock it off and be happy, but it kind of gradually leads you to a place where you're like, okay, you know, I'm still sad, but there's an underlying joy in God here. That's going to float me through. And so, yeah. So you said, you said the Psalms tend to take our emotions and lead us to hope in God. Mm -hmm. And so is that end goal to be emotionless is like hoping in God emotionless or what emotions would you say the scriptures do want us to feel Mm -hmm. what emotions are good or commanded? Yeah. I would say like the, the foundational one is joy in God, you know, that's where we want to be. And, and what's cool is, you know, Paul says that he could be sorrowful yet always rejoicing. So there's a way in which even while we're still in a place of grief or sadness or we're in real difficulty and we're dealing with it, we're thinking about it. We're not ignoring the hardships of life. There's an underlying bedrock of joy. And that's what we're, we're actually commanded to seek it, right? Rejoice in the Lord, you know, and again, I say rejoice. Yeah, (laughs) Um, there's, yeah, there's lots of passages like that, that are, that are commanding joy. And I love Piper's definition of joy. He says, joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us, the Holy Spirit does, causes us to see the beauty of Jesus in the word and in the world. So joy is a good feeling in the soul. I like good feelings in the soul. Produced by the Holy Spirit (laughs) as he causes us to see the beauty of Jesus in the word and in the world. And that's something that we're, we're called to pursue. And I think we think about something that's going to like undergird all of our emotional health. It's going to be joy in God. Like that's gotta be the anchor for my emotions. Yeah. The thing that sucks is because when you're talking to someone that maybe is giving into their emotions and thinking that thought of, you know, I just need to do me. I just need to do what I Mm -hmm. think is best for me. I just need to that one's funny too. We do that a lot. We go like, Hey, you be you. And she'll crack up. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I need to do what's best for me. Yeah. And the always what's best for me is what I think is best for me. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why it's so hard to talk to someone in that, in that mindset, when they're in that place Mm -hmm. is because they have seen too many stories, too many fictional stories of that working out amazing for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I always mess around with Lydia, like if we give a kiss or something, or if she like, I don't know, we just have like a, a date night and it doesn't go well. It's like, why doesn't this happen in the movies? And she's like, cause it's a movie. <laughs> I go, man, it never happens like that in the movies. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny because real life is so messy and clumsy. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why it's so hard to talk to somebody or talk them out of that mindset is because they go, I've seen this work. Mm-hmm. This works. But have you? Have you seen it work? Then, like in real life, did you see it work? It's like, oh wait, no, I guess I didn't see it work. It's like, you know, I've seen worked out for Moana. Yeah, yeah, I've (laughs) seen a lot of things work out in the movies that I wouldn't try at home. You know, but I think that I think that's one area that makes it hard. You know what (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean? Right. Yeah. But yeah, also I was looking at this passage. This getting back on 
topic before I mm-hmm. took us somewhere. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. I think nice. that's great. Rejoice always, mm-hmm. pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus for you. It's like, man, how many people wonder what the will of God is mm-hmm. for them? Gabe, so, I just want to know what the will of God is for me. Can you tell me? Yep. Give thanks in all circumstances. Nice. And I think that that would probably solve a lot of our problems. When we're in those times where we're trying to figure something out, Mm-hmm. Man, we should probably just start thanking God for what he's given us mm-hmm. and where he has us. Yeah. And that might allow the cloud over us to start to dissipate and, mm-hmm. you know, go away. Mm-hmm. And we might be able to start thinking a little more clearly. Yeah. Thinking more clearly for sure. Yeah. And um, one thing I kind of wanted to think about too with you is that emotions are an important part of sanctification. You know, like you had alluded to earlier, we're emotions are a good thing. We're not trying to eliminate them or anything like that. What we're really trying to do. And I remember we had a conversation about this before and you brought up Jesus being the perfect example of emotions, which is super cool because we think about him, the perfect example of words and actions and all these things and even in our desires, but emotions, like this is a man with a full range of emotions that we experience depicted in the Psalms as well, that in every step was perfect in his emotional responses, but he wasn't a stoic, like in the caricature kind of stoic, you know, where he didn't feel anything. He felt all kinds of things. You see him feel godly anger. You see him weep. You see him amazed. You see him joyful. You see him all these different emotions, tired, you know. Yeah, even in the garden, just dealing with a lot of it looks yeah. like anxiety. You know, yes, fear. Yes, very reasonable, godly fear yeah. in that situation. And I, I think when we were talking before, I just loved. We came to this place where we said we should not just think about like what Jesus would do, but what would he feel right now? Because he's our example of what our sanctified emotions would be like. Yeah. Yeah, and what would what would he want for me in this situation? Mm-hmm. So how would he feel? What would he do? And then mm-hmm. also, what would he want for me? Because what I want for me is this. Yep. You know, this is what my emotions are telling me. Mm-hmm. But God has strong emotions for me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, He thinks of me. He prays for me. He mm-hmm. never ceases to make intercession for us. Mm-hmm. So He deeply cares for us. What would His emotional response be to us in this situation Mm -hmm. i think that's so good because a lot of times we're just focused on doing the right action which is important but he wants our hearts and and so you know heart doesn't just include emotion but it surely does include emotion yeah so i i I like that a lot that was a real eye-opener when we were talking earlier just that idea of christ being the perfect emotional example yeah, because I the one reason why I kind of on a different note is I don't like this conversation among some Christians because they talk as if emotions are bad. Mm-hmm. Emotions are always bad. Don't give mm-hmm. into your emotions. They're like, oh, look at that worship song. It's so emotional. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, emotions are really. It's like good. maybe I should be emotional about the atonement, man. 
Yeah, you know, like maybe I really should be good. a heck of a lot more emotional about it than I am. Yeah. But I'm positive of that, <laughs> that I should yeah. be more emotional. You know, I don't think that's the problem. I don't think like we're so just so emotionally moved by the cross that it's yeah. too much. You know, like, no, that's not the problem. <laughs> we're moved by so many other things. Other, than Yeah, that. we're moved by so many other things is the real problem. Yeah. And so, but I, I just think the scriptures kind of paint this different picture. It's not a person that is emotionless, but a person who has full control of their emotions mm. or allows their emotions to push them to God. Because I was thinking about, you know, that proverb. Yeah, mm-hmm. having self-control, that proverb, a fool gives full vent. Mm-hmm. to his to his spirit but a wise man quietly holds it back and i was thinking about ephesians 4 ephesians four twenty six, where he says be angry but do not sin mm-hmm. don't let the sun go down on your anger that's yeah. a person a person who can be angry and not sin mm-hmm. and get rid of that emotion and repent before the sun goes down as a person who has a relationship with god and has right. full control over his emotions mm-hmm. A person who learned skills, exactly learned skills. Yeah. A person who gives into anxiety is just hit Mm -hmm. with anxiety because maybe they're running late to work and just thinking about all the possible things Mm -hmm. that are just illogical. But by the time they get to work is content in God is not a person that is emotionless, Mm -hmm. but a person who has control over Mm -hmm. his or her emotions and has a relationship with God. And what that person did to corral those emotions and kind of get them in the right pens and spots that they should be um, started in the mind. No doubt. It was a, it was a direction of the mind and the will. So, you know, Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind uh, that you may be able to discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable. So being transformed by the renewal of your mind or like Philippians it says, um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say, finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, this is a command. Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the peace of God will be upon you. I love that because there's several things here. He's like, you, you can tell in, in their discipleship time with Paul, he's like, you saw me do this. Like yeah. I actually showed you how I do this. And he says, he commands what to think about. You know, because yeah. that's where we have some measure of control, right? Is, you know, are my emotions are all over the place, but Paul's saying like, okay, let's start here. Let's start with something you can do. I mean, those emotions are like out of control. I agree. There's yeah. a corral them at this point. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're hanging from the rafters. They're punching out the windows. They're setting things on fire. I mean, yep. it's crazy. Yep. He goes, okay, we're not going to get those directly. What we're going to do is we're going to think about something different. Think about these things. And he gives a list. Yeah qualities there and flipping yeah beat your body into submission beat yeah. your mind into yeah. submission to not let you just yep. take you down all these rabbit trails yep. focus yeah yeah like man and when we pray and we're like, yeah yeah God when we helping pray, you pray keep going mm-hmm. don't start thinking 
oh dear lord wait what am i gonna eat for dinner today you know like <laughs> yeah geez. this is time oh, to get geez. serious yeah yeah and you're engaging with the lord it's this prayer here in philippians 4 4 through 9 there's clearly prayer and there's a, a command to think about certain things and he says what you have learned received heard and seen in me practice these things so he's like you saw me yeah. in some crazy situations and you saw what I do. And remember, I told you what I do. And remember, I told you how I stop and I pray and I refocus my mind and then my emotions go like, okay, I guess our, I guess we need to get in line here. Yeah. When your emotions just start to rise, <laughs> whatever emotion is, yeah. fear, mm-hmm. anger, yeah. you know, sadness, mm-hmm. it just starts to boil up and mm-hmm. start to kind of just like close in over mm-hmm. our eyes and we can't see anything else but it. Right we have to start taking mm-hmm. those thoughts captives, those mm-hmm. emotions and yep. taking them to the Lord. You know, first Peter five says, cast them, mm-hmm. cast them onto the Lord. Don't yep. ask the Lord to take them, mm-hmm. give them to him. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's the prayer, the handing them over. There's the, you know, meditating on scripture. There's a bringing your mind into submission to God and the emotions. You can't directly capture those things. They're kind of slippery, but they'll yeah, follow really. the thoughts. You know, the thoughts are the thing they'll follow. Yeah. Yeah. We start there. Mm-hmm. Whatever our mind's set on, it's going mm-hmm. to kind of realign everything else. Mm-hmm. I love kinda... the window of discipleship there where Paul's like, you saw me do this. We talked about this, like practice it. It's skilled. Yeah. yeah. And then he talks about that passage. He's talking about anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and then he says how to kind of handle that. And then I, I like, because he's dealing with the, the emotion of contentment and the emotions mm-hmm. that come with contentment. Philippians 4.11, not that I am speaking of being in need for I've learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nice. And so I was thinking maybe a good way to end it. I want to hear your thoughts on this. How should the doctrine of our unity with Christ mm-hmm. affect the way we handle our emotions? Dude, that's super helpful because, you know, you think about Jesus saying, abide in me and you'll bear much fruit, right? Yep. And that our connection, our real connection through the Holy Spirit to Christ means a couple of things. One is you're never alone. You might be ignoring the Lord, but he's there. (laughs) You know, you're never alone. You're never by yourself. You're connected, vitally connected to Christ through the Holy Spirit, like a baby's connected to the womb through an umbilical cord. I mean, you are connected to Christ. You are a part of his body, right? You're like a, a part of his body. And so you're with him. And not only that, you're never alone, but you're never without, you're never without help because you can actually like vine in the branches. You can draw your strength from Christ anytime. Like we might decide not to, <laughs> yeah. but we can draw our strength from Christ at any time. So yeah, when, when it's all going nuts and those emotions are just like the craziest Vikings kind of running through the mind of your, yeah. you know, your, the, the, the house of your mind tearing things apart you can stop and you can realize like I'm connected to Christ and you can ask him like, Lord, 
cause your thoughts and emotions to flow through me. Like I can actually experience the emotions and the thoughts and the peace and the joy of God, not imitating it. I can actually have his actual peace and joy. Yeah. I call upon him. And that's amazing. Cause when we talk about having the joy of the Lord, it's the Lord's actual joy. Yeah. It's not just joy in the Lord. It is the Lord's actual joy that we're feeling within ourselves through the Holy spirit. And that's available to us. And I'm not saying it's always easy. Like you flip a switch and you have it. Yeah. That's the hard part is we want it to be easy. Yeah. If there was a button on the back of my neck, you know, that I could push (laughs) that would, you know, cause me to immediately have Christ's emotions for things. That'd be awesome. You know, I'd be pushing that button all day long, Yeah. but, uh, but it's, but we can have it. We need to fight for it. We need to reach out for it. We need to actually stop and, and believe he'll give it to us and draw it from him. We need to abide in his word. We need to abide in prayer. Yeah. I love your question because you're not alone. Like you're connected, literally connected to Jesus Christ. Like this is, this is an amazing treasure that we're not, we're not taking advantage of as we And he's the high priest that can feel our pain, knows our pain. Right. Yet our emotions we don't think anybody else understands it. We don't think anybody else even ever experiences this. Yeah, yeah which is a little uh, prideful, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Yeah. I'm the first one to have this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, probably not. And we know for a fact that Jesus was tempted in all ways as we are. We know that he lived with loud weeping and lamentations, calling out to the Lord, calling out to his Father to help him. I mean, read the book of Hebrews. is very much... Yeah. The son of God, truly God, very much human. Yeah. hundred percent. And I was thinking for myself, one thing that really helps me is listening to worship music, mm. you know, like rock of ages mm-hmm. is an extremely helpful song for me to listen to when I'm dealing with anxiety and dealing with a little with too just- emotional though. Don't you think? <laughs> no, I love it. I need I'm it. just kidding you. I'm just kidding. You. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think the worship music thing is, is underutilized by me. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. I don't want to and, call you out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. My wife's like, why don't you listen to Christian music? I'm like, I forget. <laughs> well, I think of a story through the word of God, you know, Saul. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, it's oh like, yeah, when he's but, being tormented but, by an evil yeah, spirit. Yeah, he's being tormented by an evil spirit. And it, he's just probably all the pressure. David comes and plays the harp for him. Yeah. And that's what gets him to calm down. Yeah. And it's such a good picture because I think that's what happens to us is there's sometimes where we read, we pray, and it's just yeah. not working. Mm-hmm. But there is a type of being around a certain um, other emotion mm-hmm. helps us come in into line with it. Yeah. We need to be around yeah. maybe some some good music that gets our emotions under control. Mm-hmm and helps us to praise God. And like there's certain nights where, you know, when we do family worship, I'm just so angry just from the day and just, it's like kind of done. And I don't even Mm want to do family worship. I'll just turn on an album Mm -hmm. that's playing hymns. And man, by the end of that time, I'm able to pray. I'm able to sing with it. Mm -hmm. And I tend to even ask forgiveness from my kids Mm -hmm. for how I've been acting. But man, it's the worship that helped me to repent. So good. And kind of clears my judgment. That's great. 
All right. Can you pray for us? Yeah. Father, we, we thank you for the way that you've made us. Um, we don't want to disparage any of your design. And so we're thankful that you have made us both kind of rational, willing minds, and that we have this full range of human emotions. And we just pray, Lord, that you would align all of who we are, our thoughts, our desires, our emotions, our will, um, our actions, our words, everything that you would align it under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that he would reign in all that we are and all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Street Level Theology. Have a great day, and I hope to see you next time.